the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. We are here every weekday at this time to share the good news of Jesus and to lift up his name to this city. No matter if you are listening right now from your car or at home or in your place of work, we believe that today's sermon from Pastor Dudley will be a blessing to everyone. So if you can, get out your Bibles and let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message. I want to speak to you on uh, Revelation chapter 3, verse 16. Here's what the verse reads, Revelation 3, verse 16. So, because you are lukewarm, God says, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. As we look at this verse, Revelation 3, 16, it's very, 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 very important that you understand the history and the background uh, to this text. And if you understand the history and the background, this verse makes perfect sense. The church of Laodicea had all kinds of problems, but here was the main problem. Write this down in your notes if you're taking notes. That church was overrun with materialism. And as it was overrun with materialism, it had spiritually gone astray. Now, the city of Laodicea sat at a junction of two important trade routes. There was a north-south trade route and an east-west trade route. Laodicea was on a whole other level. It was ridiculously wealthy. The city, I'm talking about the city of Laodicea, for three reasons. Write this down. Number one, it was a hotbed for gold. There was, there was gold in them thar hills in Laodicea. Number two, write this down. The ground was fertile. It was excellent for raising sheep. And so one of the main sources of wealth in the city of Laodicea was the wool. It was the finest wool in the land. And the third thing this city was known for was its medical advancements. So they had gold, they had wool. It was part of the reason why... This city was so wealthy, but in order to understand what Jesus was writing here, you have to know the background of what was going on in that city. Now, number two, write this down in your notes. Even though the city was extremely wealthy, they had one major problem. The city had terrible water. There was no source of water in this city. They had to somehow bring it down from Hierapolis, which was up north, six miles to the north. They had hot springs. And everyone in Laodicea knew where the hot springs were. This six miles north. And so they would bring water down from up north. Now down south, there was a city called Colossae. And Colossae was known as a cold water source. So if they wanted some real cold water, they'd go down to Colossae. They wanted hot springs, they'd go up north. 
and Laodicea laid in between, they would bring that water. Now, it just makes sense. Think about it. By the time that that they brought the hot water from up north, Hierapolis, by the time they got it all the way down to Laodicea, that hot water was lukewarm. And that cold water from down south, Colossae, by the time they brought that up to Laodicea, it too had lost its coldness. It too was now lukewarm. So when Jesus sits down and he writes a letter to the church in Laodicea, right in the middle of his letter, he addresses this issue of materialism. I want you to look at verse 17 in your Bible. Now, our text is verse 16. We're going to look at the verses after it, and we're going to look at the verses before it. Verse 17, Jesus said, you say, I'm rich, I've acquired this wealth, I don't need a thing. And then Jesus said this, but you do not realize that you are actually wretched, pitiful. You're actually poor, and you're blind, and you're naked. He draws their attention, the church, to the three idols that that church was known for, the things that they worshiped. You remember the three things back up in point number one that they were known for, their gold, their wool, the medical advancements? Jesus tells them in verse 18, you all need to stop trusting in your gold, stop trusting in your wool, and stop trusting in your medical advancements. I counsel you, if you're going to buy something, buy something from me. I've got gold that you know nothing about that's been refined in the fire if you want to be really rich. And I've got white clothes, and he's talking about the robes of righteousness that you can wear to cover up your nakedness. And you talk about salve. I've got some salve to put on your eyes, not that you can see physically, but that you can see spiritually. In other words, he says, stop trusting in your wealth and start trusting in me. Your wealth is really keeping you from having this relationship with Jesus Christ if you're trusting in it. Uh, look, Look at verse 14. We want to go up to the beginning, to the angel of the church. Everybody say angel. When Jesus wrote these seven letters to these seven churches, he gave each letter to an angel, and the angel was the one who actually delivered the letter to the church. And so he says in verse 14, to the angel of the church in Laodicea, I want you to write that these are the words of the amen, the words of the faithful and the true witness. These words are the words of the ruler of God's creation. In other words, what you're about to read This has the authority stamped on it of Almighty God. So you better pay attention. And then he says in verse 15, I know your deeds. The Bible says that God's aware of every word that comes out of our mouth and every deed that we do. In fact, they're being written down. He says, I know your deeds. And then he, Jesus kind of plays off their water problems that every Laodicean knew about. He said, I I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. And he says, I wish you were one or the other. And then he says in verse 16, so because you're just lukewarm, you're neither hot nor cold, I'm about to just spit you out of my mouth. I want you to write this down. God is saying here, you're making me sick. The behavior of the Laodiceans is repulsive to Jesus. So, do you see these three chairs? 
You see these chairs? So this chair is cold. This chair represents hot. This chair, the lukewarm chair right here, this is where most of us are sitting today. This chair here is comfortable, right? I mean, that chair over there, I mean, that, those people are really committed to Jesus. And these people over here have nothing to do with Jesus. But I kind of like just sitting here. You know, it's kind of comfortable. Sunday I go to church. Friday night I'm going out to the clubs. <laughs> this is neutral. It's neutral. You know, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not on fire for God, but I'm also not a rebel. I, I just kind of sit right here. You know, right here where the lukewarm stuff is. And I, you know, you know, I, 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 I go to church a little. I give a little. You know, I live in that $800,000 house and I drive an $80,000 car, but I go to church. I give them 10 bucks from time to time. I'm not like that guy over there who gives nothing. I, I serve a little. Oh, I read my Bible a little bit. I think last year I read like 10 chapters. And what does Jesus say about the person who sits in this chair right here? Jesus says, I know your deeds. You are neither cold nor hot. And then Jesus says, I wish. Everybody say, I wish. So what does Jesus wish? He wishes that I was either get up and sit over here and get on fire for God. Or he would rather me just say, you know what, I, I, I'm really not into this thing. I, this is not my cup of tea. I'm just going to live my life the way I want. He would rather you get over here than sit here. Now, I don't understand that. I understand why he would rather me be hot than lukewarm. But why would he rather me be cold than lukewarm? Well, for several reasons. Now, they're, they're not going to be on the screen, but you can write them down if you want. The first reason he would rather me sit over there than here is... When you're here, you're only one step away from being over there anyway. This is the church of Ephesus. Back in Revelation chapter 2 that had lost their first love. Oh, they used to be on fire for God. And they got, they got to a point where they just no longer had love for God. How do you get from here to here? Well, you get here first. And this is kind of the step and the direction of one day your heart is so cold and so callous you've just completely gone away. Now, here's the second, th here's the second thing. I want you to get this. Another reason why he would rather you sit here than when you sit here in this chair, you, whether you realize this or not, you're actually helping keep people out of heaven. This is confusing to people. The people that are watching your life and watching my life, when we say that I'm a Christian, yet we don't live like a Christian and we just sit in this mediocre blah blah life for god the world looks at us and they say if that's a christian i don't want to have anything to do with that person they don't say that about the guy over here they say that about the guy sitting in this chair who's here you're here but you're not really living for god i want you to think about this that most of this church most of this church is sitting in this chair right now. You know, I know this is true. What percentage of our church, this big church, how many people in here, percentage-wise, are actually literally on fire for God? Every moment of every day, they're just doing God's will. 
And the answers I get over and over again, about 5%. And we know statistically that's true by some of the things that we research, by how many people actually come to church, by how many people give. 5% of the people give all the resources here at this church. 95% of us give nothing. All the volunteering that's done around this church is done by about 5% of the people. And they volunteer for everything. You find someone who volunteers at this church, they volunteer for everything. I know the people that witness, that actually get out and share their faith and talk to people about coming to church. Coming About 5% of the people actually witness every single day. 95% of us never ever witness. I'm going to guess only about 5% of this church get up every day and have a quiet time, actually study the Word and pray. Probably only about 5% of us. Now, we also have about 5% of us that are cold. And you're here... And it's like, why are you here? Well, because my aunt said, if I come, she'll take me out to eat lunch afterwards. (laughs) Most of us are sitting in this chair, if we're honest. And think about the fact of how much this church has accomplished with only 5% of the people really on fire for God. Most of us living lukewarm lives. But imagine... How many people we could reach, how many missionaries we could support, the changes that we could make in our community if all of us got up out of the lukewarm seat and moved over and if all of us sat in this seat. The third third reason why God doesn't like you sitting in this chair, think about this. Sitting in this chair is actually an insult to God. All that he's done for you. He created you. He breathed into your nostrils the breath of life. He keeps your heart beating. He gives you food and water every single day. He's given you a Bible. He's given you a church. He's given you your health. He's given you your family. You have a sound mind. You have a sound body. All the things that God does for you. And the most important thing that God ever did for you, He gave you His one and only Son, Jesus, to die on a cross. He gave up the most perfect gift in the world. And then we go, yeah, you know what? I think I'm just going to go to church a little bit. It's offensive to him. Elijah said in 1 Kings 18, 21, how long will you waver between two opinions? If he is Lord God, then follow him. If, if, if Baal is God, then follow him. Jesus said in Mark 7, verse 6, these people, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far, far away. Listen, if God is worth anything, God is worth everything and i just want i want you just to ask yourself you don't have to say it out loud but which chair are you today i will tell you that this chair right here is where god's blessing is this is the chair right here where you can go to bed at night with a clear conscience over in this chair is where joy and peace can be found sitting in this chair is miserable but sitting in this chair whoo it's the best now you want you want to hear some good news write this down write this down god still loves you no matter what chair you're sitting in god loves you if you're cold as ice if you're hot as fire or if you're lukewarm as that blah water that's just good for nothing. But God loves you if you're here. He loves you if you're here. He loves you if you're here. How do you know that? Well, because he says, 
here in verse 19, those, because th- these are heavy words. These are heavy words. But he says, those whom I love, I rebuke and I discipline. You know what? You know what that reminds me of? My three children. Because their whole life I've been correcting them and rebuking them. And they go, Dad, leave me alone. Dad, you don't know what you're talking about. Dad, this, Dad, 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 you don't. I've heard, Dad, you don't even love me because you don't let me do what I want. Oh, 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 listen. It's just the opposite. The only reason I tell you what I'm thinking, trying to discipline you, is because I love you. And one day you'll have your own children. That'll be payback. (laughs) How many of you know what I'm talking about? See, this is all good. That Jesus lets us know where we are and where he wants us to be. So be earnest and repent. If you're lukewarm, right now you're sleeping with somebody you're not married to. You need to repent of that and get over to where God wants you to be. That's what he wants. You're living in the $800,000 house, driving the $80,000 car, and you put in $5 in the offering plate. And we don't even take up an offering here. So don't go out here and say all they talk about is money because we don't even take up an offering. People give online. But if you're giving God five, ten bucks a week, you need to repent of that and get over there and give him something that is worth the sacrifices that he gave for you. If you're, if you don't, if, if the only time you open up your Bible is when you come to church, and, and again, most people don't even bring a Bible, you're just looking at it on a, if that's the only time you're in the Word, you need to repent of that and start getting into the Word of God every single day. You don't, hey. You don't ever witness. You're never sharing your faith. You need to repent of that and start witnessing. If you're not involved in a life group or leading a life group, you're not volunteering here at the church, you're trusting on the 5% to do all the work, you need to repent of that and get plugged in and start volunteering at the church. 5% of the people are clapping. But number three, write this down. This is all in the text of Revelation 3 about us, the way we live, making God nauseous. He says, I stand here at the door of your heart and I knock and I knock. And if anybody would hear my voice and open up that door, I don't care if you're sitting in this chair, if you're sitting in this chair, if you would just open up the door of your heart. The Lord Jesus, Jesus says, I will come into that heart and I will dine with you and you with me. He's not going to force his way into your heart. He just knocks. Revelation 3, this letter, he's just knocking. This sermon, he's knocking. This Bible, He's knocking. Every church, he's knocking. When we sung, it's knocking. 
When you look up and you see the stars up in the sky, he's knocking. When you see a sunrise or a sunset and you get your camera out and you take a picture of that sunrise, that's just God knocking. The Holy Spirit of God, he's just knocking on your heart and knocking away. And he's waiting. He's waiting for you simply to just, oh, he's not going to force his way. He's just going to, he's waiting for you to open it up. You heard some strong words today. But he says, he says, in that context, I'm just knocking. Open up that door. I'll come in there. I remember being touched by the popular song called Tie a Yellow Ribbon. It tells of a man who'd been sent to prison for three years. And now he's coming home on a bus. He served his time. And he writes a letter to the girl that he loved and who once loved him. And he tells her, you have every right to reject me. And he goes, in fact, I take the blame for everything. But he said, I'm going to drive by your house. And if you're willing or able to forgive me, if you would just tie a yellow ribbon around that old oak tree, I'll know that you have forgiven me. And I'll get off the bus. And I'll come inside. But he says, if you don't want to forgive me, or if you just, for whatever reason, you don't want me stopping, just don't, don't tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. And if I drive by down that country road and I look over to that oak tree and there's no yellow ribbon, I'll know, I'll know what that means and I'll just keep on, I'll just stay on the bus and just keep going. And he turns the corner down that old country lane. He's coming down the road. And he looks up. And there's the old oak tree. It doesn't have a yellow ribbon around it. It has a hundred yellow ribbons tied around that old oak tree. And at that moment, at that moment, he knows that his lover has not only forgiven him, but she exuberantly welcomes him home. And just like that man on that bus, we are afraid of life. We're afraid of COVID. We are afraid of our mistakes. We're afraid of the sins that we have committed. We're afraid of the times that we've gone astray, of our lukewarmness, of our coldness. And we ask ourselves, will God truly forgive me Will he truly welcome me into his family? And the word of God assures us of God's welcome, the yellow ribbons of grace and the yellow ribbons of mercy and the yellow ribbons of forgiveness and the yellow ribbons of love are everywhere. This very moment, God desires to welcome you exuberantly home. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. 
You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. Wouldn't it be great if there were accessible answers to our spiritual problems? Just like there's a smartphone app for calculating a tip or getting directions to a local store. Most of us have heard the phrase, there's an app for that, popularized by the creators of the iPhone. Well, God has an app for the common problems faced by Christians everywhere. Are you stressed out? God has an app for that. Problem with crude language or gossip? Struggling with prejudice? Brokenhearted? Anxious? Or depressed? God has an app for that too. Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, is available now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This helpful resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also get God Has an App for That on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Come and explore the book of James and discover God's user-friendly solutions for some of the biggest challenges we all face daily. Get your copy of Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, today. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Pastor Dudley.